back to white ladies in crisis it's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles i am joe lipset and i'm joined as always by gina radcliffe hello as well as jen adams hello ladies we are talking about sean durkin's 2011 feature directorial debut martha marcy may marlene and the title is a mouthful and this movie depressed me yeah, yeah. I'm glad this isn't our, our our this wasn't our Christmas release. <laughs> a real feel good time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. think we should call each other variations of our names that are slightly similar for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, start calling Joel and there we Joel go. and Jeff, John, <laughs> Genevieve, Genevieve. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'll take that. That could be for both of us. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are cracking jokes to lighten the mood, but I <laughs> yeah. will say, folks, if you have not watched this movie, content warning for yeah. not just, ooh, she's in a cult, but yeah, like really uncomfortable rape. And yeah, you, you get a, a, like, at one point you get like a, just a smash cut to like a fairly violent sexual assault. So mm -hmm. yeah, so just, you know, be, be mindful. Yeah. yeah. I will say I was expecting it to go a little further and I'm curious about your thoughts on the ending of it too i don't want to mm -hmm. jump ahead but i was expecting some awful shit to go down not that awful shit doesn't go down but i was expecting additional More awful, awful shit. shit yeah, yeah. Do, do we want to talk about it now or do we want to wait we could talk about it now because yeah. i you know honestly i i like that the ending was ambiguous so I, I, ambiguous. I you know i like that you're not sure if she's really getting any better or not mm -hmm. because i think that that's you know as, as i told you guys in the in the chat I think this is actually the best depiction of post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, I, I tend to pay attention to different depictions of mental illnesses, and most movies don't get it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I think that you know this, you know, it's so uncomfortable to watch because it's so accurate, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's not something where your family, your family, say, "Oh, I understand now." You know, mm -hmm. well, you know, everything's you know, perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden you're just better. Like you know, you may never actually, you may be more functional, but you know, it's not something that goes away in an instant. So I think that it's a very realistic way to conclude the story i completely mm -hmm. agree and i i love the uh depiction of it i mean it is hard to watch but but yeah like as a person with ptsd like i did feel i don't know if i want to say seen but just kind mm -hmm. of validated kind of in the way when we kept talking about physical like how unlikable sheila was you know i feel like there's a lot of those kind of vibes here i don't know if i would actually call martha unlikable but i don't she, think so she does a lot of things that i think like i understand why lucy would be frustrated and she does mm -hmm. a lot of things where if you don't know what she's coming from it seems you know really harsh and i think that that is something that is accurate but is not often depicted on screen you know yeah that was right. actually one of my favorite elements of this film was how I could implicitly understand where Martha was coming from due to her experiences, even though we hadn't really seen some of them mm -hmm. until later in the film. But I also very much understood where Lucy and Ted were coming from with their frustration. You mm -hmm. know, so much about this movie, especially in the present day sequences, is about the miscommunication between the sisters. And mm -hmm. you just want to reach into the screen and say, 
open up, ask questions, figure out what the fuck is going on and Mm -hmm. get this woman some help. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's easy. And the subject matter is not. Yeah. 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 And I think I, because I was very, very frustrated Mm -hmm. with Lucy and with um, Ted. Ted, that's right. Yeah. But I also think that that was another very accurate thing. Like we, mm-hmm. we expect or we want our family members to understand and to have some way of finding out the things that we don't want to say. And yes. it's just, you know, they have their own lives too. Like I really like the inclusion that they're trying to have a baby and the fact that her she has to go in to see a doctor before they're pregnant lets me know that that might be a struggle for them right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's got this building thing, like they are just caught up in their own shit while they want to say they want to help Martha. I think a lot of what they really want is just for her to be easy and for this to be a time when they can and relax. for her to be and for her to be normal exactly right. and i completely understand that too even though it's not fair it's one of these movies where nobody is really doing anything wrong like mm-hmm. intentionally wrong it's just one of these things that shows how hard life can be sometimes you know yeah yeah like they're they're trying their best even mm-hmm. though their best is often not quite enough yeah but that's hard to watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> so much of this movie, you're right, Jen, in some ways, you keep expecting it to go harder. I kept expecting it to get violent. I kept expecting worse things to happen. And that I think is why the film is so powerful is because we just have to sit in the discomfort of the day to day, waiting to see if something is going to be worse, and maybe realizing, oh, it's not worse, but it's also not better. Mm-hmm. right it's just like okay well she's like you know she's stable more or less maybe? by the by the by the by the end of the movie but also she may be having hallucinations mm-hmm. or 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 they may be getting stalked by these people you know you, oh, you, you know you just you you don't know it's yeah i think that that's very very chilling and very effective way to go about it you know mm-hmm. she either she's either paranoid or she's absolutely right one thing I particularly like, like I'm just looking at the movie poster and it's a picture of her like laying in the bed when she's overhearing Lucy and Ted. Ted, sorry. <laughs> I keep wanting to call him um, just Hannibal. Sure. And she like her eyes just kind of flick up, you know, and mm-hmm. there's almost this element of like maybe she's dangerous too, you know, right. which is another part of PTSD. And it's just it's like we have to sit with this tension because they have to sit with the tension, you know. Yeah, there's that moment where Lucy and Ted try to have their sort of end of the summer party, and Mm -hmm. we barely get to see it because obviously Martha does not do well with new people, and she has that sort of panic attack, sort of conniption fit over the bartender but that moment to me is almost the emotional climax of this film before we start to question okay is she hallucinating are they actually following her and so on but that interaction really does give you the impression that she could be a little bit dangerous because you just you don't know what's going to set her off anymore Mm mm-hmm and I love that we never get actual clarification. Like, is this somebody that was living in that house that is the bartender? Is that the same white t-shirt of the guy who just ran across the road, you know, because mm-hmm. she doesn't know. Yeah. The way that I moved my face about an inch away from the screen to try to figure <laughs> out who was looking at her in that final scene when she's mm-hmm. swimming. And then obviously it's the same man who's in the car behind them. But I was mm-hmm. just like... 
is that Christopher Abbott? I can't tell. <laughs> Ooh. Ugh. I mean, you know, one cult member with a white t-shirt. No, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, all these, you know, you know, this entire cult of like these, you know, soft, woodsy looking young guys, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, you know, they're all gentle and soft spoken until they're not anymore. Uh huh. Right. And I would want to date all of them. That was another thing that was terrifying. Yeah, I mean, God bless, you know, John Hawk sure knows how to pick people to join his cult, so. Really? Yeah. Well, can we talk about the makeup of this cult? Because as much as the ending, I like the open-ended ambiguity of it, I was fascinated that the film barely gives us any idea of how she ended up getting into it at the beginning. Like, we learn over the course of the film that their mother died and Lucy was away at college and then presumably she got recruited by one of these other girls in the way that we see later on in the film. But... I thought it was really interesting that we basically just, you know, we start with her escaping in the present and we start in the past with her on her first day already being indoctrinated. And I thought it was such an interesting creative choice. Yeah, I liked it because it sort of suggests like this was the first day of her life. Mm-hmm. In, in in this cult her new family right mm-hmm. and all we and all we really know about her life before that is that you know she had this somewhat distant relationship with an older sister you know mm-hmm. with an eight with an age gap between them where the, the sister was kind of more like a mother figure to her mm-hmm. like, right. you know, they, they weren't like you know close friends growing up and you know and that their mother died and other than that we don't know really don't know what kind of person she was before this mm-hmm. um and i and i think that that's yeah i think that's very interesting like you know this is she left that behind and it's possible she does not even remember at this point mm-hmm. because right. as, as part of you know, you know the brainwashing that keeps every cult in operation mm-hmm. you know, that that's a that's a tenet of a lot of cults is you know forget the life you left behind you know mm-hmm. this is you know this is your life now yeah. Yeah. Isolation, no contact with family members right. unless you need money. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so interesting to see Sarah, who immediately becomes Sally, show up because then I feel like we do get the other side of that as mm-hmm. Martha is kind of bringing her in because one of the men just drops her off in a car, like brings her in a car. And it's almost like she has signed up for something and now she's here. And, you know, we see her, like, putting drugs in a drink and Oof. talking about, like, you know, the the cleansing is started and we don't talk to our old families. And it's just so sinister to see Martha kind of being the messenger of all of this, you know? Do you guys uh, know much about, like, uh, the whole Manson family and, and like, how this, this, is very, this is very similar to that? Mm-hmm. I, did, mm-hmm. I, I apologize. I, did Sean Durkin write the script for this, too? Or is that... He did, yeah. Okay. I, I feel like he definitely based a lot of their tactics mm-hmm. and also um, the way the cult leader speaks. Uh-huh. Hmm. I mean, it's less like like you know psychedelic drug driven because it is supposed to be you know more or less in the present. Mm-hmm. But certainly the the giving everybody different names and and you know sort of like you picking up these wayward girls who you know maybe just kind of like you know adrift in life and you know not really knowing what to do next. You know, I mean, again, that's a that's a lot of calls, but it feels very particularly Charles Manson-ish to me. It does, yeah, especially right. like the singer songwriter thing, you know, right? Exactly, and, yeah. and the creepy crawlies, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it felt felt very Mansony, and it 
one thing I do kind of like is that it seems kind of nice at the beginning. Like we know that it's bad and we know that she wants to escape because that's the mm -hmm. first thing we see. But also like it doesn't seem that bad and right. until somebody is murdered, you know, or she is being sexually assaulted. And and it just it's I think it gives you a really interesting perspective about why someone like Martha would get pulled into this, you know, because mm -hmm. I think when people are involved in cults, a lot of the reasons that they don't want to say anything or they don't want to tell their family members like Lucy and Ted is because they feel stupid or they right. feel like they they fell for something that is so clear to see now. And it doesn't like he is very charming and. Sure. These guys are pretty dreamy and he's just, you know, I mean, dirty dreamy. They're all, they're all non-threatening at <laughs> right. first, you know I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I'm fascinated by cults. I mean, it seems mm -hmm. like we, either Netflix or, or HBO Max seems like every other month has a new documentary mm -hmm. about cults. Yeah. And it's like, how do people keep falling for this stuff? But at the same time, it's like, they know what kind of person to, to, mm -hmm. to, they know their marks. They know to, to pick on, you know, you know, lonely young people who, who are, you know, looking for some sense of, of, of purpose in a family. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing. You know, I like to think that I'm reasonably educated and I wouldn't fall for this. And I'm actually probably a prime candidate to mm -hmm. be recruited for a cult because it's not stupid people who end up in cults it's like a lot of people who are college age who are still trying to find their way and mm -hmm. yeah it's everything that you just said gina and the problem is is that once they've got you it's already too late like mm -hmm. you're not actively sitting there saying hmm i think i'm in a cult right now you're thinking hmm I haven't had a chance to sleep very much and I'm only getting one meal a day and I'm being drugged in that one meal a day. And mm -hmm. these people are super charismatic and they're giving me a house and home and all this other stuff. Like it's really easy to fall into. Mm -hmm. Well, and if I go to the, if I try to escape, I was present for a murder. So am I going mm -hmm. to be put in jail? You know, it's just, and it's, it's such a slippery slope and, and they're just so good at like finding the need that one of these prospective members has and filling it, you know? Yeah, it just it fills in a lot of needs for people, the need for mm -hmm. family, the need for friends. Uh, you know, a lot of times they will, you know, partner you up with people, you know, in like a, like a romantic relationship. So there, that need is taken care of. And, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's all you know, on the surface, very appealing. And I'm also looking at the names because I kept forgetting Ted's name. So I just pulled up IMDb and I'm looking at Christopher Abbott's mm -hmm. character's name is Max and Brady Corbett's name is Watts, which feels like a reference to Tex Watson, who was one of the Manson family members. That might be a stretch, but. No, I, I don't I don't think it's you know re unreasonable to think that. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it, it's got a reference. It says that Durkin looked at Jonestown, the Manson family and the Unification Church of the United States and David mm. Koresh, aka Scientology. Mm. Can we talk for a second about how amazing it is that all three of the leads in this, uh, this is a movie they all did before, like right before they all became huge stars. Mm -hmm. So we've got Elizabeth Olsen. In her film debut, in her by the film way. Debut, wow. She looks like she just hatched from an egg. She's so <laughs> she's so heartbreaking. I guess she's supposed to be in her early twenties. And and, yeah. and she looks so heartbreaking. She looks like she's about fourteen. She's just so innocent. She's so young looking. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Sarah Paulson. 
pre being discovered by 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 Ryan Murphy to right. to you know playing uh, Lucy, and then you've got Hugh Dancy mm-hmm. prior to Hannibal. And right. Julia Garner, she doesn't have a very big part, but mm-hmm. you've got Julia Garner, you got Christopher yeah. Abbott, you've got yeah. like a lot of you know, familiar. I mean, this is a a, a a astonishing cast, and yet mm-hmm. like they were all relative unknowns before yeah. Yeah. when this was made. I mean, it's basically uh, John Hawks is the most famous person at the time that this film gets made. Even he doesn't have a huge role, though. I was kind of surprised that he didn't figure more prominently he just kind of looms over the whole thing like yes. his like his like his uh not his spirit what's the what's the uh, his presence looms, oh, uh-huh. kind of looms over everything mm-hmm. yeah that insidious moment where he covertly tells martha you're my favorite oh. gave me absolute chills because you a know that he has said that to every single woman before raping them mm-hmm. and also b you know there's something about john hawks he had like so many of these guys as you both said they're kind of non-threatening and or attractive and john hawks i don't know that a ton of people are going to say oh he's very cute or he's very attractive like mm-hmm. he's a good looking guy but he's not conventionally attractive mm-hmm. but he certainly also doesn't look threatening mm-hmm and I think that really, really works in the film's favor. Yeah, he's 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 a he, he's he's very much an underrated villain in, oh, in, totally. in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those classic. I don't have to raise my voice to yes. to be terrifying villain. But the moment where he barges into the bathroom on her—that's the moment that gave me chills. Because you're right, he has been very like passively manipulative the whole time, and the mm-hmm. moment that he is actually aggressive, I was like, oh. The gloves are off. What's he going to do now? You know, he's not even the one that kills, which I know is that's also probably related Mm -hmm. to a lot of cults because they don't have to do this stuff because no, they they have followers who will do it for them. Yeah, but it was just oh, it was so chilling. And the one thing that made my skin crawl too is when they said when they just kind of casually mention, "Oh, we don't have girl children." I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's like oh. "What does that mean?" Oh, I, I think thought, we all know what it means. Uh huh. You know, is there some dead baby somewhere? Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. When we get the farm up and running, folks, mm-hmm. the farm. Ooh, I thought, and when I say I thought it was going to go harder. I thought we were going to see that. I thought mm-hmm. that Martha was going to get pregnant. And I'm I'm glad we don't, one, because I don't have to watch that. But yep. also, I don't think we need, I think just the implication is enough. Yeah, the threat, the threat is, you know, the implication is, is effective enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a couple of ways that this film could have gone darker that I was expecting. You know, I did think we were going to get a violent interaction at the end. I actually thought we were going to see martha willingly go back to the cult and that was my biggest fear yeah that's when i when when i this was actually the second time i had watched it the first time i watched it was right around the time it had come out so i didn't remember a lot about it right. but yeah I, I i i did think you know at a certain point she was going to be like you know this is this is too heavy for you guys i get it i'm not i'm not finding what i'm looking for here so i'm going to go back i, I did mm-hmm. I, I did expect that yeah or y'all are gonna leave me or mm-hmm. send me away. I have nowhere else to go. At least yep. they'll take me. Or this is what I know, you know? It's too hard on the outside. Because even when Lucy says, you know, we need to get you help, we're gonna send you to a place. After she kicks Ted down the stairs after having her rape, you know, flashback, mm-hmm. Lucy then says, Do you still have any money? And I just thought, oh, gosh, is she just going to say, okay, we'll take whatever money you've got, or I'll give you a little bit more money, but you need to leave. Yeah. 
And I mean, I don't think it would be the best thing for her to say that, but I can understand why she would say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the transitions between the past and the present? I mm-hmm. cued the two of you to this earlier in a an offline chat, but I was just so impressed at how subtle and seamless they are. Same. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's again very effective. And very representative of PTSD, you know, mm. because you don't you know, there's in one of the new Stephen King books I was reading there, there's a representation of PTSD where she thinks someone is coming around the corner. And we get a whole paragraph about her attacker coming back to get her until we realize that it is not right. her attacker. It's somebody else. And so you don't know because she doesn't know. And that's mm-hmm. what I really love about this. Like when she jumps off the boat and then we're in the flashback and there's so many subtle transitions and that's how quickly it happens you know it's like in the blink of an eye you are not in reality you were pulled back to where the trauma happened mm-hmm. and the moment when she says like what happened and she just screams i don't know i think is also really re- representative because i don't know if she necessarily means i don't know if i were her i would say i i can't tell you or like right it might be that i don't know is easier than saying what it actually is or this is too hard to say or i don't know how to find words for this you know Mm. it's another example of how the film challenges us by almost keeping us at arm's length like how much does she actually remember or Mm -hmm. has she repressed it or has she been made to forget it Mm -hmm. and the film doesn't tell us it doesn't comfort us it doesn't reassure us in any way Mm -hmm. and i think that's why so much of the film i felt vaguely nauseous and on pins and needles watching this even though so much of this is just elizabeth olsen staring off into distances Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and and again you 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 have no idea what she's thinking like like Mm -hmm. ever like ever do you have any idea what she's thinking she's Mm -hmm. not verbal right like she really just doesn't have the words to express herself and then lucy is either reticent or so fucking unaware that she can't just be like like there's the one point where she says you know did he hit you because the cover story that martha has given is that she has been with some boyfriend for the last two years and this is the closest that we get to discussing harm or abuse Mm -hmm. and of course martha is gonna say no but part of me just was like lucy you need to keep asking and or Mm -hmm. you need to not wait until she kicks her fucking husband down the stairs to get her into therapy Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, you know Lucy's an interesting character uh, because you've mm-hmm. got like it's 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 a co-protagonist movie. You've got you've got Lucy who who wears her emotions about the situation you know very on much sleeve. on her sleeve, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you've got uh, uh, Martha who you know she's so very garden. reticent. She, yeah, yeah, she just you know yeah exactly a poker face, and you know Lucy she's dealing with a lot of guilt because she perceives as having you know abandoned Martha. Mm-hmm. To, to to go to college and get, kind of live her own life. So I think, you know, she's dealing with a lot of guilt, but also a lot of resentment because she doesn't really want to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and I think that she does not want to be in a position where she is the only person that, that Martha has. Yeah. Mm. You know, especially, especially when, when, when Martha is so 
clearly in, in, in need of help. I don't want to say broken, but but yeah. but in need of help that, that Lucy is not prepared on her own mm-hmm. to give her. Mm-hmm. She she needs intense therapy. Like yeah. possibly possibly in a group home setting for a little while. Yeah. Oh yeah. She needs deprogramming. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think she she just, you know, kind of simmers with that sort of, you know, why did I have to get stuck with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, in turn feels guilt over that. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's really interesting to look at the two homes that she's coming from. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of what is so smart about us going back and forth, because I would not by any means call Ted abusive. I don't think he shows any kind of be- abusive behavior, but... He's not great sometimes. He's not great. He can be a little domineering. Like when she says she doesn't want to go out in the boat, he's like, no, 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 come on. And like, will not accept that. Mm-hmm. And you can almost feel that with Lucy a little bit. And if we're talking about Martha, who has just come from this house where she had to be highly attuned to what Patrick wanted. At all times. Yeah, exactly. For survival, she's going to be super susceptible to that. And like the first thing we see Lucy say to her when they get home is, oh, you're dripping everywhere, you know, Mm because she doesn't have a towel on her head. And I mean, I think it's a reasonable thing to say. But then there's also that other moment where she's like, would you mind getting your feet off of the the counter? Well, yeah, they they immediately both slip into a parent role with with Mm. her. But I think it's like that kind of is going into like Martha feeling like, well, I'm, I don't know how to behave here either. Right. And if it's that same kind of subtle hints that she's having to pick up on, then maybe this place doesn't feel safe either. Well, I, I love too that this isn't actually where Lucy and Ted live permanently, mm-hmm. right? Like they're kind of transitioning in between homes. And there's that great moment where, of course, we come to realize that Martha is used to having to share everything and not really having any ownership over her time, her body, her possessions. So she asks, you know, like, does anybody else live here? Why do you need Mm -hmm. all this space and so on? And part of that is the cult. But I think also it's meant to cue us that this isn't really a house, right? This is a way station that everyone is just temporarily shacked up in until we can move on with our lives and get back to quote unquote normal. But of course, the movie doesn't live in normal. There's nothing right. normal about any of these experiences. And I think it's such a smart fucking choice. Same. Well, because we can compare that to getting the farm up and running. This is mm-hmm. like Ted trying to get his building done, you know, and if right. this is tension, then that's what they're kind of picking up on. I also love how defensive Lucy is uh, about their wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. They're obviously well-to-do. Yeah, like, you know, Martha has, you know, the, the, the cult she's coming from, you know, has a sort of uh, vaguely, I guess, socialist kind of, mm-hmm. you know, everything is to be shared, that, you know, they're anti-capitalism, they, you know, they, they feel that the, the, you know, the wealthy people are, 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 you know, should basically be sacked and destroyed. And then she's, <laughs> and then she's plunged into a, a you know, situation with her, you know, well off, no kids, you know, lots of free time in their hands, sister and brother-in-law. And again, she's like making like kind of snide remarks about like the size of their house. And, yeah. and, and you can tell that like, you know, Lucy is a little, you know, a little resentful, a little annoyed and kind of embarrassed about her. Sure. Yeah, I guess, I guess we do, have, you know, we do have a lot of money and like, you know, like, like there's so much happening here that, that I just think is so well done and so empathetic it manages to be empathetic without making either of these characters you know overly likable mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but you understand them you under you yeah. understand where yeah. they're coming from mm-hmm. and that is the biggest 
success for me in the film. As I said earlier, we do understand all of these characters, even if we don't always like them. And it's funny, Gina, I didn't realize that most of these people weren't already famous when this film got made, because going into this, I thought, okay, Hugh Dancy, we love him. He is a nice guy. That's who he plays. So when Ted is kind of jackassy, mm-hmm. it really took me off guard. It's so weird to think that that may not have been the experience of people going into this because they may not have known him. He may not have had that kind of... Certainly not American audiences. I, right. think, I think he was fairly well-known you know, to British audiences, but really to most American audiences, Hannibal was kind of his big their big introduction to him. Yes. Truly, yeah. So to see him in this, where he's just like this sort of, you know, irritating yuppie character that mm-hmm. it just, you know, it's sort of, you know, I didn't realize I minimize it, but, to, you know, I mean, in terms of, you know, how different the character is from, from, from Will Graham. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's also misses um, Claire Danes too. So I will. He is that. Always love yes. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my favorite scene with him, favorite in quotations, I didn't, most powerful I keep joking. Scene. I'm like, I did not like this movie. Most, most effective, most yeah. effective scene. Yeah. yeah, it's um his confrontation with Martha at the dinner table. Mm. It's ultimate uncomfortable, and I think it's really effective that Lucy barely says anything when they just kind of go at each other. And you can see the color rising in his face, you know, and mm-hmm. he's trying to hold it together, but it's like this anger is going to bottle bottle out, you know. Yep. It's just, I can't believe that this movie is so well made. Like, Mm -hmm. in some ways, it's so simple. And you could really easily fuck it up in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, the obvious choice would have been to to focus, to turn Patrick, the, the, the cult leader, John Hawks' character, into a more central character. Mm-hmm. Rather than, again, this sort of, you know, looming presence that still you know, has a lot of power over her. Right. You know, another thing I thought that there would at least be one more, you know, interaction with them. Like, like when she initially runs away, she, you know, she is caught up by another another cult member mm-hmm. who ultimately lets her go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Watts, the guy that yeah. I think thought that she was sort of his property. Um, so I did expect that uh, Patrick would show up at some point to try to lure her back, mm-hmm. but but again, also he he has his you know, minions to 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 do his dirty work for him. Sure, you know I don't think he would personally hunt her down and find her. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it, it does enough with how much it shows him and how much it shows you know, the control he has over these people. You know, mm-hmm. without, without having to have you know, a whole lot of scenes you know, establishing over and over again that you know, he's a bad guy you can't trust him and it's like no i we get that he's we you get know, <laughs> he's leading a, a cult of like you know 18 and 25 year olds and you know mm. for, forcing them to to commit crimes yeah yeah can we talk about the murder because i will say mm-hmm. that was the only thing that doesn't 100 percent work for me in this And maybe it's just because it feels like it comes out of nowhere. I mean, Gina, as soon as you mentioned the Manson family, I realized, oh, okay, that is probably what we're doing. But I don't know. I don't know about this scene. It doesn't seem like there's any point to it. You know, Mm -hmm. like it almost feels like the strangers kind of like you just showed up and we were going to wander around and take your stuff. And because you woke up and found us now, we're going to kill you. 
but Patrick is there, which is what I think is curious about it because I, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if I'm, we're thinking about the Manson family, Charles Manson did not go on those two creepy call, crawlies, what they called them. So, right. Yeah. Gina, I wonder, how do you feel? If they could have done without it to put across the, the kind of hold this cult had over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was you know, basically to give her something to feel paranoid about that, that, right. you know, it, it, we're going to, we're going to find you. We're going to bring you back. And if you won't come back, we're going to, you know, we're going to turn you in and say, you know, you committed this murder because yeah. you know, she was there. Yep. So, yeah. so even if she didn't actually do the actual killing, there's going to be consequences. Yeah. She's an accomplice. And because she didn't report it, then that's mm-hmm. going to cause additional problems. Right. So she would be in a, in a position where she would have to turn on all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's even worse than simply just leaving them behind and, and letting them just do their own thing while she, you know, tries to pull herself together. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think something that, that would have been better, it would have been a little more effective if implied rather than shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Or or if they suggested that she was imagining it as a potential scenario, she didn't leave. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm curious what your um, kind of qualms with it are, Joel, because I think I just I was just like, oh, this is what cults do. You know, I think it was that so much of the rest of the film, apart from the sexual violence they felt insular and mm. it didn't seem like they were resorting to crime of that mm-hmm. way. So even though we do see that they have snuck into a man's house earlier when he was not home and they just kind of like fucked around a little bit, I guess I never anticipated it was going to move into such a violent act. You know, mm-hmm. I thought they were just going to intimidate this guy when he catches them mm-hmm. and then that would be it. And then when it does happen, I thought, this is the reason why Martha decided she needed to leave. But mm-hmm. even that isn't entirely true. Like, it seems like she just one day gets up the courage yeah. to make a run for it. Which is probably more accurate, you know, mm-hmm. I was thinking. And I do love that we have no time frame for no. when all of this stuff is happening. I feel like we can we can draw linear lines between things. <laughs> linear lines, those are the same words. But we don't know how long it was until after you know she could mm-hmm. have had a baby and we just don't know because it didn't sure. show us because that's not a piece of it, it's just all kind of merging into one thing and i, I yeah. think you're right she did finally just get the courage and the opportunity to go and this is one of those movies where i think it would be equally powerful on rewatch now that you know a couple of things because watching Julia Garner, who is Sarah, just kind of watch her go mm-hmm. before you know who she is. Now that you know she, like Martha, was the one that kind of pulled her in or shepherded yeah. her through. I feel like that makes that. I, I would feel guilty the same way Lucy probably feels guilty about Martha. Mm-hmm. But also like like listening for sounds on the roof, you know, knowing that that is them kind of testing the waters to see if they can break into a house mm-hmm. just makes it so much more chilling. Yeah. Oof. It's just really, it's a really good movie. And I was thinking when you were talking about how easy it would be to fuck it up, it reminds me of the Blair Witch Project and how yeah. easy it would be to just show the witch and they never right. do, you know? And I love the restraint here because I think that's what makes it so powerful, you know? Because there right. is that one scene where she goes up to the attic and she just cuddles in bed with Patrick and it's not sinister at all. It seems like he's like being very comforting. And I'm sure there were a lot of days like that too, you know? 
I mean, it's not sinister, but then he does rape her in That's the morning. That's true. <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is I like to see both of jarring, That's the jarring yes. exposition yes. because right. he, well, the point. he, he the is point. like a father and like a husband and, and a lover and, <sighs> and and he just very easily shifts from one role to another for her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is very discomforting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, those are the things you cling to, too. You know, it's mm-hmm. when she's trying to think of reasons to go and reasons to stay. It's like, well, he was so kind to me that one day when I just needed a hug, you know, right. and it's easy to cling to that and forget everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and she found her place within this family where yeah. they supported her. And yeah, this man told her, oh, you know, you're a teacher and a leader. And we know as an audience member sitting here judging her, it's like, no, that is a fucking line. That's what he says to keep you under his thumb subordinate mm-hmm. to his will and the will of the group and women are treated as second class citizens it's literally like the second scene we see in this house is the women waiting for the men to finish eating so that they can have a morsel of like mm. all of this is just screaming wrong get the fuck out well, of yeah, here well yeah and that's that's the you know he he really did his homework because that is classic mm-hmm. Cult yep. behavior. It almost invariably, even cults that are run by women, mm-hmm. yep. ultimately become very patriarchal. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The playbook is always the same. Always mm-hmm. the same. Ah, <sighs> man. Ooh. I was thinking, you know, the more sensational version of a double bill of this would, for me, be the Invisible Man. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I can see that I actually. Love that movie. That's another rough one. Another <laughs> rough one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Are you at all surprised that this was written and directed by a man? Um, I don't think I expected that. No, yes. I, I it's like it's extremely empathetic mm-hmm. towards. Or I, I realize I'm repeating myself, but that's that's <laughs> the be, that's the best word I can use for this. Is mm-hmm. is it's not sympathetic necessarily. Yeah. It's empathetic. Mm-hmm. neither of these characters lucy or martha they're not neither are bad people no you know they're they're you know they they, they are as you as you said i think it was jen you said you know they are they're doing the best that they can but it's unfortunately the situation is is too big it's too complicated it's too heavy mm-hmm. they, they all need more than than what they're getting yes you know, lucy herself needs a support system Mm-hmm. Of, 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 I mean, she could probably benefit from counseling herself. Whether, whether, yep. you know, mm-hmm. how to how to deal with someone who is so you know, profoundly damaged from PTSD, and also, you know, she seems to have a little trouble expressing her own emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when push comes to show, right? So, you know, they they all you know, they all need more than what they can give each other and what they can give themselves. And mm-hmm. you know, honestly with a, with a lot of families and loved ones in which someone is is significantly dealing with a significant emotional issue, that's that's sadly very true. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because you you don't have the resources you because you don't have the money or you don't have the proper coverage and not that most coverage is good for you know mental health anyway certainly not in the u.s mm-hmm. like if we went long term with lucy and martha's life together you know a lot of lucy's friends are just gonna be like, yeah you know what good luck with that i'll meet you for i'll meet you for lunch sometime you know but i mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. not dealing with you stuck with this you essentially overgrown child that mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be close right yeah. can't, can't, they can't control their emotions doesn't know how to behave in a in a you know because you know, it's like 
I hate to put it this way, but it's like people who, you know, have a friend who has a, a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people just can't handle it. And, yeah. and, and you know, the person is left alone to deal with it themselves. They don't have any other family that they mention. Mm-hmm. So it, it is just the two of them. And Ted, who is <laughs> yeah. not maybe not also not dealing with it as not helpful. as helpful mm-hmm. as he, but but again you understand he didn't ask for this right no. you know, you know, this has been this has been forced upon him too mm-hmm. so you know even then his character is not entirely unsympathetic and I think that's where I see the male hand in the filmmaking you know is because. I don't think any of the men in this film are particularly heroic, but I also Mm -hmm. think they are not over the top villains, you know, and I think in a way that I can feel a rape revenge movie that has been written by a survivor, like I can feel a little bit of like this understanding of how you do gaslight and how you manipulate and how you keep yourself likable as you're Mm -hmm. doing all of these things. And I think that that is an interesting kind of, I, I wonder if that is where the the male hand of the the screenwriter and the the camera is coming in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have been very easy to make him more of a villain than he was, you know, or right. show us more, you know. And I think that that restraint, there's a little bit of like, well, we do still want John Hawks to look good and not because he's a movie star and we want him to look dreamy in the movie, but because we want to show that this is a sympathetic or this Mm -hmm. is a relatable villain, you know? It's interesting that you say that because I guess the other reason that the men in particular, like the cultists, don't seem worse is because this is all being filtered through Martha's perspective. Mm-hmm. And she never truly accepts that they are bad. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, true of any sort of, you know, up to a certain point, up to, you know, true of any abusive relationship. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, he hit me sometimes, but when he wasn't hitting me, he was nice to me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's interesting. I think that I feel like I keep connecting this to other movies, but like when I look Mm -hmm. at a movie like St. Maude, I think like I, it's interesting to see what, what lens the story is being told through. Mm -hmm. And I think with that movie, there are two different characters that you could read the story through. And here it's like, we see it all through Martha and that's probably why it feels so uncomfortable because she is in a painful place and we everything we know is what she knows she, yeah she's a she's she is she's an unreliable narrator she yeah. you know, yeah. she she has you know been beaten down she you know has severe ptsd mm-hmm. to the point where maybe we don't know for sure but maybe she's hallucinating mm-hmm. you know she's definitely paranoid yeah so yeah you 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 of course you, you can't be 100% certain that her memories are are, are accurate yeah yeah and half the time she's living in the memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the uh, moment when she says, like, do you ever have moments where you can't tell if it's a dream or a memory or reality? And I feel like that, <laughs> I love that Lucy's be... just like, nah. Yeah, she, I know. She's like, nah, I can't do it. Girl, come on. <laughs> she's like, no, this is real. The only problem, like, Lucy initially is a little denser than than, mm. than I find plausible. I mean, just, just in, in Martha's body language alone, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm not that I'm any kind of expert or anything, yeah. but, but I would feel like, okay, 
you know, this person's been through some shit. (laughs) This person came to in to sit down in the bed. I'm having sex with my husband. Like there's been some trauma that's happened here. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I I don't know what it is. I don't know how to get it out of them, but you know, I I should probably try to be a little gentle and thoughtful. Maybe just a little more sympathetic. Yeah. (laughs) But they're just, they're just hoping it goes away. You know, they're like, yeah, I just want a vacation. Can't I just have a vacation? You know? Well, she seems better today. Exactly. Does she, Uh Ted? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Well, why don't we wrap up our discussion of Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene there? But, um, Jen, if people want to talk a little bit more about these here transitions and the PTSD (laughs) in the film, how would they get in touch? You can find me at Jim Ferratu on various social media places, mostly Instagram, and I will post all the stuff I'm doing. Okay. And Gina, if people want to come and live in your house because they have a mental <laughs> illness and you seem very supportive. I'll take care of you. You know, I'll, I'll make you soup. Just keep your feet off the counter, right? Yeah, just please just keep your feet. You know, don't don't run around naked outside, especially not here in New York. You're just gonna get in tr- you're just gonna get in all kinds of trouble. And those yeah. are all fair rules, I will say. Yeah, <laughs> they seem fair. Yeah. But you can uh, reach me on Instagram and TikTok under Gina Does Things, and I also have a Substack under Gina Watches Things. Excellent, and I can be reached at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And we'll thank the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad for hosting the show. Ladies, we will be back just in time for Valentine's Day to mm-hmm. talk about two similarly messed up women, but we're headed into a period piece and we're going to go to a correctional facility. We're going to talk about potential Oscar contender Eileen. Yay. Yes. I will be talking about Owen Teague also because I like Oh, Jen, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.